You know, the older I get, the more I realize that most of us, if not all of us, need a professional coach, whether it's personal or professional. I need one. Maybe you have one. If you don't have one, I would encourage you to go get one. You can find coaches out there that are cost-effective for whatever your needs are. Jennifer Davis is on the show today, an amazing woman. She's held uh, positions in some of the biggest companies in the world, but she left the private sector because she wanted to coach and help people. She loves connecting and creating those authentic relationships with I love too. She received her MBA from Stanford and she trained at the Coaches Training Institute, CTI, in which she became a certified professional life coach. She is the creator of Jennifer Davis Coaching. You're going to love this episode next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Patrick here. Thank you for tuning into the show. We continue to grow because of you, the listener and supporter. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. If you give us that five-star rating on iTunes, we sure would appreciate it. Hey, big shout out to all the brave men and women out there working in the criminal justice field, a very difficult environment we live in. But you go out there every day, you do a damn good job, and we appreciate you for it. Please, be safe, take care of each other, and thank you for what you do. Wanted to take a moment and give a big shout out to our sponsors, Detecticam and Onnit. Detecticam is an amazing and innovative company that is providing mobile threat detection for the palm of your hand, protecting our brave men and women who serve and protect us every day. This amazing device can detect illicit drugs and explosives, and you can see it on the CJ Evolution com website. Click on the link to Detecticam and see what they can do to help you protect your people. Onnit is an amazing company. Onnit is total human optimization. Onnit are athletes, firefighters, police officers, whatever you were doing. Onnit wants to help you get there by, again, optimizing your performance. Head over to the website, click on the link to Onnit. They have supplements, all kinds of other great products to help you become better. You will not be disappointed. Man, I am so excited to let all of you know that I have written a book. It's a small book, but a book nonetheless, and it should be available uh, in the near future, hopefully within the next couple of months. I'm working with my publisher. I have to come up with uh, graphics and you know a title, but I penned it, and uh, it's all about all the things I have learned, or some of the things, the more important things I've learned on habits and routines I have learned through uh, my great career in law enforcement and through the guests I have spoken to over the years. And you're not going to be disappointed. It's going to rock it. You're going to love it. And stay tuned. I will keep you informed as the date gets nearer. On to the show with Jennifer Davis. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I am very excited to have my next guest on the show. She's very successful. Her name is Jennifer Davis. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I am so excited for you to be here. I know you're very busy, but thank you for carving out a little bit of of your time to come on the show. Now, I gave a little intro of you uh, at the beginning, Jennifer, but can you fill in some gaps? And who is Jennifer Davis and what are you doing? Oh, that's, that's a broad question. <laughs> I know. I'm talking to you right now. Um, but bigger picture, let's see. Uh, sometimes I like to refer to myself as a mostly recovered perfectionist workaholic type A person. Because if you look at where I started, I was always a very serious student and I was valedictorian. I never got a B in college. And, you know, my mom used to joke that I uh, 
would get invited out on a Friday night by my friends, but I had to immediately go to the library and start that, that, that report that was due in three weeks. So I was, I was that kind of person. And, you know, that translated into my jobs after college. I was a Wall Street investment banker. And then after business school, I worked in corporate and really, you know, worked super long hours at some points, 80 to 100 hours a week. And was really just steeped in that mindset of achievement, achievement, achievement. And then um, I had, you know, a couple things happen in my life that really forced me to do a lot of the inner work that I do with my clients, which is, you know, what am I doing? What, what really brings me joy? What is my purpose? And how have I been living my life? And so that really brought me into coaching full time, which mm-hmm. which I love, and it's uh, it's just super fulfilling for me to be that spark that helps people see their greatness and helps them figure out what they want to achieve and really work alongside them in partnership. So, yeah, it's that's, amazing. Yeah, and you've been in all kinds of national publications and, and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, it's amazing. You're doing great work, Jennifer. And you Thank know, we you. talked a little bit. Uh, off the air, but um, before we started about, you know, you starting, you mentioned corporate America. Um, Why are so many people, and you probably get this a lot, I imagine, but why are so many people just stuck in these ruts? It seems I talk to a lot of people, obviously you do, and people are so, a lot of people don't like what they're doing or where they're at in their life, but why are people so hesitant to change? Yeah, that is a problem for so many, so many of us. And I I do work with a lot of people who are interested in a career shift or in doing something different, even within their own company. And the thing that's coming to me right now, I mean, there's so many ways to go with this question is, Mm -hmm. is people tend to be overwhelmed and reactive and kind of be that hamster on the wheel and, and just getting done what people are throwing at them versus being creative. So we talk about that difference, creative versus reactive. And in this reactive mode, you're just, you're just trying to almost like, you you know, I see someone with a tennis racket, just trying to hit all those balls that come to you. And it can be really difficult for people to say, okay, I'm going to take a pause Mm -hmm. and figure out again, what I want to be doing. And, you know, there's so many things that can hold you back in terms of your inner critic or uncertainty about the future. But I think most people, just that first step is really difficult, which is to make time to figure out, hey, what do I want to be doing? And, and I just think we, the people I talk to, I personally think we live in the greatest time ever. There was so much opportunity. Yeah, there's a lot of bad news out there. Just turn on the TV. But as far as personal growth and you know making changes in your life, positive changes. I just think we live in such an amazing time right now. Yes, there's bad days. I don't live in a bubble, but there's so much opportunity out there. If, you know, I left a job after 23 years, I was scared to death to retire from law enforcement, something I was used to, that it was routine. I go to work, I do my thing, I come home. But I got to tell you, Jennifer, once I made, took that step off that cliff, you know, I mean, maybe the cliff's not a good word, but I, I am so happy. I am so happy because I was so freaked out to take that step. And yes, there's some uncertainty and I'm still kind of nervous. And, but I tell you what, it was the best thing I ever did. Not that I'm knocking where I came from and what I did for many years, but I am much more happier. Yeah. When you were describing that, that sounded very similar to Mm -hmm. my path in that I was always, like you said, in a routine and I was a joiner. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was pretty risk averse. I would look at something that was a challenging thing and very difficult jobs and I would work long hours, but I didn't really have the courage to, to do my own thing. And, and so I think for a lot of us who, who tend to be planners, you know, I'll do A to get to B, to get to C, to get to D. It, I, I think ahead 20 steps. And when you're doing something creative where you're really tapping into your most authentic self and, and the thing, the switch that you've made and the switch that I've made where I'm really doing a lot more with improv and business plus working with these Broadway actors and having mm-hmm. fun with the leadership development, that's a little more uncertain and it's scary. And I think although there are a lot of resources out there and there's so much help, it can be a overwhelming because you kind of don't know where to start. And B, I think there's a fear of failure, like Mm -hmm. you mentioned. And I think for me, getting over that fear of failure and that need to be perfect was such a huge thing. I mean, I had, I, it's embarrassing to say this, but I really hadn't failed at much of anything before. And which is great. I had a, I was very lucky in so many ways. I had an amazingly supportive family and a good education, but I was so afraid to fail that this inner critic was like, mm-hmm. don't try something new. Don't do it. You know, you're going to look stupid. And then once I just started, when I opened my own business and started trying things, yeah, I've had those workshops where only four people sign up or, you know, something I submitted that didn't do well and it's okay. And you survive and you kind of learn like, okay, you know, I can figure this out along the way. I don't have to have everything figured out the mm-hmm. first day. Well, and what's, you know, when you were talking and, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Jennifer, I mean, you, you mentioned, okay, starting out with your coaching and having only four people show up to a lot of people, that would be pretty discouraging. And I would imagine to step further, a lot of people would say, you know what, screw this. I ain't doing this anymore. Millions of people didn't show up. I'm obviously a failure. How did you keep going? Because four people is four you didn't have before. That's the way I look at it. Um, no, I'm, I'm just serious. But a lot of people, I imagine, you tell me if I'm wrong, would say, you know what? Not a lot of people showed up. I'm a failure. And what do you do with people that have that mindset? Because, you know, you're right. You, you came from that never fail mindset, but you, you, you kept going, and now you're super successful. So what's the, what's the magic ingredient right here? Well, I think if there is one, yeah, I, I mean, I do believe in magic. I think that I think it's a couple things. One is, I think this is a very Buddhist idea, and, and I'm no expert, but one of yeah. my favorite books is "When Things Fall Apart" by Pema Chodron, which is all about running toward fear and pain as opposed to away from it. And so, if every experience can be a teacher, it sounds so cliche, but but it's true. And and we can say, okay, I did a workshop. And only a few people came. Amazing. Now on my bio, I can say completed workshop. So I tend to now looking back, it's a great thing because every corporate workshop that I've done, I did some small local version of that in my hometown, you know, in a yoga studio. Maybe there were four people, maybe there were 15, maybe there were 20, but it wasn't, you know, I'm going to make a ton of money and it's, and it's a huge thing. It was practice. And I think um, just having that mindset that it's getting you somewhere and you're learning something. So a lot of it is redefining your idea of success, mm-hmm. which so many people, if you know, if you want to get at that 100% and you say, yeah, I'm only a success if I, if I do X, Y, or Z, then, you know, it's going to be really challenging. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really like what you, what really resonated. I mean, it all did, but one of the things that really stuck out in what you said was, you know, trying to find your authentic self. And I think and you correct me if I'm wrong, I think these days with social media and Instagram and everything else, 
I think so many people out there are trying to be something they're not. And if they would just be authentic, then they would be able to, their true self, then they would be able to tap into what they really want to do instead of trying to keep up. Now, there are plenty of people that are authentic, but you know what I mean. I mean, you get on Instagram yeah. and people are trying, I'm not knocking Instagram. I'm just saying people are trying to, oh my God, they have the perfect life. You know, I want to be like yeah. them and, and I, I want to do what they do and follow their path. And exactly. You got to forge your own path. Exactly. This is reminding me so much of one of my coworkers and a mm. good friend, Kyle Post, who was in Kinky Boots. They just ended the show on Broadway. Um, but he and I are doing a keynote at an Agile Midwest conference in September. And our whole premise is about this idea of really being the authentic you and not worrying about, like you said, what you think you should be like, like I'm going to, I have a friend also who's an actor and he's, he's a photographer and he says, everyone wants to do the model poses, you know, the Instagram <laughs> poses. And what they don't realize is if they just did a little dance or smiled, it's so much more them. But yeah. Kyle has this amazing story of his audition where he, he was, he was trying out for kinky boots and it was the dance moves that he had to do were things he absolutely couldn't do. He had to do splits and double pirouettes and he was literally about to run out of the room and he said, okay, wait, I can do this. He put a piece of gum in his mouth. And then when it came time for those moves, he just kind of pulled out his gum and said something like girls work it, you know, just kind of <laughs> silly, crazy. And then that's basically what got him the part. And they use that as an example of, you know, don't be what you think a Broadway actor should be, be yourself and yeah. add something unique. And that's where you will find your place. And it's so easy. It's almost when I came to coaching and a lot of, for a lot of us, coaching is kind of a second official career, but it's something we've been doing our whole lives. So when you realize, oh my gosh, you know, I have dance parties with clients. Sometimes I use metaphor and visualization, a lot of stuff that I used in my life but not in my job. And so when you realize that you can actually somehow incorporate those things that are super meaningful and super fulfilling into your job, it just makes work so much more fun. And anybody who is listening, you can go to jenniferdaviscoaching.com uh, and check out uh, her great work. But And you do all kinds of coaching, Jennifer. You do uh, effective leadership. You do career transition uh, life purpose, like we were just talking about, emotional processing. What are some of the most, um, and again, we talked a little bit about this before we started, what are, what are some of the more um, common topics or common themes that you see with your many clients that come yeah. through the door? I would say the two that are popping out for me right now are, one is conflict management, this mm -hmm. idea of being conflict avoidant. A lot of people, now I personally have never had this problem because I, I tend to be a very direct person. Me too. I remember <laughs> one of my sisters once said, you know, you don't need closure and resolution on every single thing. I was like, okay, but I like it. So for many people, they let things fester, especially yeah. in the workplace, and they might be having some challenges in a relationship and some feedback they want to give, but then they worry, oh, they're going to think I'm mean or I'm going to make them angry, and they don't really have the tools and experience to give feedback or address, you know, those uncomfortable conversations with confidence. So, so I do do a lot of work with that and a lot of work with the drama triangle and, you know, stories we all make <laughs> up and assumptions we have and how people kind of get stuck in the role of villain or victim or hero. So, um, that's a big topic. And then the other one that I, that I work with people a lot on is just this idea of inner confidence and building your confidence. So, 
you know, for some, it might be increasing executive presence. How can I speak up when I have an idea in the boardroom as opposed to going through that internal conversation? Wait, is this idea good enough? Should I say it? Should I not say it? And then someone else says it and you're just thinking, oh, shoot, I should have said that. <laughs> so just coming up with ways to disengage with that voice that we all have that that says you shouldn't do stuff or you know we're our own biggest barrier when it comes to holding ourselves back sometimes so mm -hmm. how can i disengage with that critical voice that sabotages me and how can i instead connect with my inner confidence my inner leader that part of me that is grounded and calm and knows that you know what i do know this and I can say it. And guess what? If I make a mistake, that's cool. We're all human. We make mistakes. And then I can own that too. Now, how important, Jennifer, is it to surround yourself with the right people? And what I mean by the right people is, you know, people who are giving you some good advice, maybe a little critical at times, but overall pumping you up and, and instead of bringing you down. Because, you know, I years ago I was around people that were just bringing me down all the time and negative and toxic. And I think that, and I know it affected me until I kind of broke free of that and found new friends. And I mean, how important is that? I mean, uh, Jim Rohn said, you know, you're the average of the five people you hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so important. I totally agree. And, and you and I were talking about this a little bit off the air that I have I have been doing a lot of co-leadership mm -hmm. in my career. So instead of running workshops or trainings myself, I really love doing it with other people and people who share the same values, who have had some of the same ideas, oftentimes the same training. And there's the saying from our, our program, which is on focused on co-active leadership, that no leader has to do it alone. And this idea of working with someone who, like you said, inspires you, someone you can have fun with, not necessarily who is the same as you, because complementary skills are really important too. So you don't want to be mm -hmm. too much alike. Um, that is so important. And you did say something about critical feedback, which I think is also really, really important. Some of the colleagues I have with whom I work often, we do give each other feedback. Mm -hmm. And it can be really awkward and it can be, you know, these, these challenging conversations and every time we've ended up stronger on the other end. And I think that's what, that's what allows you to continue to be friends with people in your personal life and also in your professional life. If you can give feedback and really just talk about the impact of something and how it affected you. And, you know, as long as you do it in a non-blaming way, then yeah, that can be really, really good. Yeah. I don't want to be, I've always said, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to surround myself with people who are smarter than me. And I don't want people that are just going to nod their head and just agree with me all the time. Oh, I, yeah. I want people to say, you know what, Patrick, you're screwed up or this is wrong or this is my, <laughs> no, I, I need to hear that because that's how I grow. Oh, I know. And I, yeah. you know, as well as I do, I mean, you worked in corporate America for a long time and I worked in the public sector, but you know, I, I was around people and higher ups and organizations that, you know, people or just tell them what they want to hear most of the time. And yes. that's not, that's not good. It's not good. You know, I remember when I, my first job out of business school was at General Mills and it was in the Midwest. It's in Minneapolis. And people mm -hmm. would say, why are you working so hard? You're in the Midwest. But of course it was all the <laughs> type A people from, you know, Harvard and Stanford who met in the middle mm -hmm. to do these intense programs. And the culture there, although they, they kicked our butts and we worked super long hours, it was so direct. And you'd be sitting in a meeting. I was in brand management, which is basically running a business within a company. So they made, they did Betty Crocker desserts and Cheerios mm -hmm. and snack foods and all that. And I'd be sitting in a meeting and 
people would say, you know what, that's not going to work. I hate this idea. I love that idea. It was great. I, when I switched companies, I, I ended up doing a stint at a Johnson Johnson company. It really surprised me because I'd be in a meeting. I would ask about the timetable. Everyone would say, it's great. It's great. Does anyone have any issues with this? No, no, no. And then they would run back to their offices and call my boss and say, this is never going to work. And so that that level Why didn't you say something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm all for, and I think people tend to be conflict avoidant because they also think, oh, we need to all get along and that's a collaborative workplace. And, you know, there are a lot of studies out there that show that, you know, when we constantly avoid conflict, it builds up, it builds up all that energy and it's just not productive. Yeah. It's not productive and it's going to come out another way. It's, yeah. it's no good. Very true. So you are constantly pumping people up with your, with your, you know, your attitude, your, your great uh, coaching. What motivates you? What motivates Jennifer? Hmm. That's a good question. Well, I do love music and that, that I guess, I don't know if that's a direct answer to your question, but uh, you, t- you were telling me about your art. Yeah. My art. I, I do enjoy, um, I'm a hobby artist and I'm putting together an exhibit for a local coffee shop. Um, and yeah, tapping into my creativity and being totally outside the box away from business and all that motivates me and just helping it again, it sounds kind of dorky, but just getting that one piece of feedback from one client saying, you mm-hmm. know, you know, you really helped me do something I never thought I could do before. I, I've been working with a woman who works at a client of mine, a corporate client, and she recently got promoted and just sent me just a little text saying thank you and thank you for showing me how to tap into my goodness while also giving me feedback. And it's basically when I hear feedback that mirrors my stated life purpose, which is basically to be that spark that ignites uh, the greatness in other people. Mm-hmm. When I can feel that I'm doing even a small piece of that or getting feedback that I've helped someone do that, it just really, I'm smiling right now. Just, mm-hmm. It makes me so happy. <laughs> well, that's cool. It just makes me happy. And, and the reason music came up in the beginning is because I think we all have something that helps us connect viscerally to that, what I refer to as our inner leader, that, that true self, that, that sense of empowerment and groundedness, and I can do anything. And for me, it's really dancing and music. So, you know, if I'm working and I hit a 3 PM slump or something, I'll just have a five minute dance party in my office. (laughs) Yeah. And I think in corporate America today, and just in general, in the Western society, we're so in our heads all the time and we're trying to solve problems and, pump ourselves up by telling, telling ourselves these stories, either negative or positive. Cause you know, you can talk yourself out of something also. And what I've learned over the past 10 years, which I would have never even looked at or considered back when I was younger is our bodies have so much information and tapping into our hearts and our, our soul. And, um, it's so powerful and it's really a lot that I've been exploring that again, you know, old me would have been totally rolling her eyes. Like I don't have time for yoga. I don't have time for meditation. That's ridiculous, but it's really, really helped me. And I do a lot of that work, that mindfulness work with my clients as well. Well, you have to, because you talk to a ton of people, Jennifer, and what, what's, if you're not taking care of yourself and taking time for yourself, how are you supposed to help everybody else? It's like the you know, I use the, you've heard it before, you know, you get on a plane, the masks come down, they're doing their deal, and they say, all right, put the mask on first if something happens, because if you exactly. don't put it on yourself first, how are you supposed to help people around you? 
Yeah, and that's why I just recently read uh, something about how do you know if you have a good coach? And and one expert was saying that a good coach will also have a coach because I know one coach I work with, um, she would, she and I would work on something. And then literally the next day I would have the opportunity to work on that with a client. So we Mm -hmm. always joke that we're, we're one step ahead of our clients, right? So it's, it's this growth mindset that we're always learning new things. And, you know, I do work with several kinds of healers and coaches and it's great for personal development, but it also really helps me expand my toolbox for leadership and for coaching so Mm -hmm. I can help others. Yeah. And you mentioned mindfulness and meditation. I'm a huge uh, mindfulness person. If you would ask me about five or six years ago, I would have laughed at you and said right, ridiculous. I know, right? <laughs> but now it's it's part of most of my morning routine is where I have a you know I get up fairly early. I, I journal. I, I meditate for a while, and then I hit the gym. Now, which is a good segue. Do you have a morning routine? Wait, you just stole my morning routine. <laughs> I, it's like, you, you should have asked me first. I'm like, okay, fine. I meditate and work out in the morning. <laughs> no, but it's true. Okay, so my husband thinks that I'm joking or that I'm just sleeping. But in fact, I set my alarm and then I set it for, it depends, you know, how early my, my meetings start. But yeah. minimum of 15 minutes, if I can do up to 30, that's great. But I actually meditate in bed, um, sitting up so I don't fall back asleep. But that I find really, really helps again, just connect me with this space of groundedness and make me more resilient through the day. And I really notice a difference. So if I'm traveling for a week or I, I don't do it, I'll just feel more of that anxiety and not as grounded. So I, I make sure that I meditate every day. I probably work out in the mornings. I don't know three or four times a week, mm-hmm. probably more like three, sometimes later. Um, but the other thing that I have as part of my routine in the morning is I always have, when I'm home, my one cup of coffee and my my homemade almond bread that I make, with, you know, almond flour and eggs and a couple other ingredients. And it sounds silly, but just, it makes me so happy. I was going to say. I just, and I say to my husband, I say, I love this almond bread so much. It's just so <laughs> delicious. And he says, okay, sweetie, that's great. Will you love it? But just that, that ability to be in the present moment and have this little thing that brings me joy before I start my day, it just makes me really happy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, Jennifer Davis. How can people uh, people find you, ma'am? Oh, well, you gave my website, mm-hmm. which is great, jenniferdaviscoaching.com. I also do leadership tweets on Twitter at Jen May Davis, and I have a, a Facebook, Jennifer Davis Coaching, and I also have a website, Fiercely Female Leadership, that I do with some colleagues. Yeah, all of those ways. So feel free to reach out or read my posts or my inspirational tweets, etc. Well, Jennifer Davis, thank you so much for taking the time uh, out of your busy day to come uh, on the show. We sure do appreciate it. Much success uh, in the future. And one last thing, I'm, I'm going to be like your kids. So you got you to gotta hammer out a book, Jennifer. You I got know, you got to put do. a pen to paper. <laughs> I know. You got so much good I, stuff to give to the world I out there. I know. Thank you so much. Well, it's been great talking to you. And I know I will. I need to take my own advice and <laughs> schedule time in my calendar for those long-term projects like writing. And then so. when you come out with a best-selling book, I'm sure it will be. You come on the show. We can and talk I about can your book. It. You can That's promote great. it. All right. So it'll be our second <laughs> our second date. Sounds good. All right, Jennifer. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. All right. Take, take care. care. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the CJ Evolution Podcast. For more strategies for self-improvement and resources based on today's episode, be sure to head to cjevolution.com.
You can also connect to Patrick directly on social media at Pat underscore Fitzgibbons with any questions, comments, or concerns. We look forward to helping you find more personal success on the next episode of the CJ Evolution Podcast.